Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. All right, welcome back to Sons of the Shoe. Again, it's just me, Spencer German, riding solo with you tonight with our live reaction show to the Buckeyes' 14-3 loss to Missouri in the Cotton Bowl. And we're continuing to react to it, continuing to get your guys' reactions to it. Um, A lot of different takes coming in um, on, on Ryan Day. I'll go back to Radu, who says, in 2024, the only goal is getting rid of Ryan Day. Uh, we got Esco jumping in. Ryan Day coaches soft, and his players reflect it. I, I, these are all – listen, I think that point from Esco is spot on and that we've seen this team play the way that Ryan Day is coached in a number of different games and scenarios. When he puckers up, they pucker up. And in this game, the offense didn't look aggressive. Uh, they looked like they didn't have a game plan. They looked like they were shell-shocked once Devin Brown went out, which is weird because you – had already lost your your starting quarterback for the season, why not be prepared for all outcomes? And if Ryan Day is supposed to be some offensive wizard, I do think it it, it he has he has some things to answer to here in a in a loss where you only put up three points. Back to Esco again. Tell Texas AM about recruiting classes. Again, another really good point in that how many times have we seen Texas AM or Ole Miss or some of these other programs put up a a, a program best recruiting class, bring in all these top recruits and have by all the metrics and grades be one of the best recruiting classes in the country on 24 seven sports and ESPN and all the sites that grade those things. And then it, it equals nothing. Right. And this is my fear with Ohio state. Like this is my fear. What you become if you either wait 
and hang on to Ryan Day too long because you think you're you're not going to get any better, or you do move on and you don't bring the right guy in to replace him. That that's where this this is such a dilemma for me at times, and I go back and forth on it because on one hand, like yeah, Ryan Day's still landing the like like top recruiting classes, and he's generally still having success in the field. Um, he's getting the job done in all every game but one, and I understand that's the most important one. Um, but you could also argue there's a lot of coaches that could do what Ryan Day's doing and lose to Michigan the last game of the season and 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 not necessarily win national championships. Um, I, I do think the fact that the college football playoff expanding plays a role in, in his future and why he's going to be back for 2024. But, uh, yeah, I do think the pressure is certainly going to be ramped up for him. It already is ramped up for him. In that you can't lose to Michigan again. Absolutely, it is inexcusable if you lose to Michigan again. So, um, it, it's it, it's it's a question for me because I don't want to see Ohio State become what Texas was prior to this season, which was constantly chasing a ghost of programs past that um, they just never seem to reclaim up until now and it took them what two decades not not quite two decades but a, a decade and a half to finally get back to prominence where they're competing for national titles and, and finding the right coach to to kind of pull the strings i understand ohio state's always going to be a brand they're always generally going to bring in top tier recruits but if you don't bring in the right coach then it can all backfire on you as well so it's a problem because i'm not 100 sold that ryan day is the the guy moving forward long term but I'm also not sold that you have a clear-cut answer out there right now to take his place and keep things flawlessly moving in the right direction without reverting to being kind of a a outside of the top tier, a, a brand, a top-tier brand, but a, a, a second-tier, a third-tier program in terms of the products you're playing on the, on the football field. So that's the dilemma for me. But I do think that this game has gotten me closer to wanting to explore what other options are out there than not because of the fact that Ryan day looked like he was, he was lost out there with, and I understand the situation again, you lose Devin Brown, who you game plan for throughout the entire month ahead leading up to that game. Um, But uh, like, to me, it's inexcusable to put a three points in that game when you still have some of the weapons that you have a Mecca Buka out there, uh, Travion Henderson, who we also didn't talk about in the first segment, reacting to the to the loss. He, I thought, had a really good game, minus the fact that the offensive line struggled. And because he didn't trust Lincoln Keenholz, Missouri was able to just kind of fill in the box. Load up the box, excuse me, and take him away. Bank on the run game being the the what the Buckeyes were going to utilize and slow him down. But in spurts, you saw that explosiveness. You saw what made him a great player this season and in previous seasons. And if he can come back too, like you know you have a true weapon in the backfield there for the Buckeyes, which is which is also encouraging. But again, is it all going to go to waste because of the offensive line and, and mediocre quarterback play? Those are things that the Buckeyes are going to have to address now into the offseason. I apologize uh, for the, the coughing um, as I try to get through this here solo with you guys. 
Um, as we continue to react to the 14-3 loss, I asked the question on the other side coming into this segment, and I do want to remind you guys to please subscribe and follow the Sons of the Shoe podcast at the 92 to the Fan YouTube page where some of you are, are, are watching this already. And wherever you get your podcasts, including Spotify, in the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, wherever, because we appreciate being a new podcast, your support, and we're going to keep this thing going into the offseason, continue talking about Ohio State football, and we certainly need your help and your viewership and listenership to keep this thing rolling. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Man, it is uh, it is a lot easier doing the show with Nick when you have a cold because I can uh, mute my microphone and there's not some awkward pauses in uh, in the middle that you guys then have to sort of sit there and suffer with because Nick can kind of carry it while I'm dealing with that situation. So uh, that's uh, life with, with kids, I'll tell you. If you don't have kids, I'm sure many of you watching and listening do. It, it, my, my life is a constant cycle of trying to avoid getting sick as frequently as I get sick. So dealing with that here, but appreciate you guys joining us and sticking with us and powering through. And the question I asked on the other side, leading back into the segment was, do Ohio State fans, does Columbus owe Kyle McCord an apology? I saw a uh, a tweet that popped up on my radar during the game, this one came in from Alex uh, Onstead, who covers. Let me hold on. I want to make sure I get his credentials right here. He had he covers. He's he's part of the social media team on Saturday Down South, which is a college football website covering all things college football. And he tweeted a picture of Kyle McCord standing next to Devin Brown. And he said straight up, Ohio State fans owe Kyle McCord an apology. And I'm going to be honest, when I saw it in real time, I didn't think much of it. And then I started to think about it more. And guys, the idea that anybody who has been critical of, of Kyle McCord owes him an apology is just overblown. The idea that people have tried to disparage Kyle McCord to the point where it drove him away and they hurt his feelings and um, that like it's, it's Ohio state fans fault that they have higher expectations is just, it's, it's been silly to me. Like, like this entire thing has gotten overblown by him choosing to leave going to Syracuse where it seems like he's already being appreciated. I think by all accounts, Going to a place like Syracuse, I mean, for them, for their program, that's a great get as at at, at quarterback. Like I, I think McCord will be uh, will go down as one of the the better players that they've had in the recent history on the offensive side of the ball. No disrespect to Tommy DeVito, who 
had his little uh, 15 minutes of fame in the NFL recently. But yeah, I, I, I'm not trying to say that he's not a good quarterback. And, and that's, that's my problem with this entire conversation. The, like, am I really supposed to apologize to Kyle McCord because he wasn't there to help the team win the cotton bowl and everything fell apart because of it. Like the fact that they're playing in a meaningless cotton bowl is because he was the quarterback of this team and they weren't good enough in the first place. They are there because of him. He is gone because of how the team finished this season. The idea, the idea that Makai McCord has been mistreated this year has been so overstated, so overblown. No one ever has said anything from my perspective, whether it's in the comments on this show, um, whether it's been listeners at uh, 92.3, whether it's been Ohio State fans on social media or commenting wherever on, on the Reddit boards or anything, I have never seen Ohio State fans just completely go after the character of Kyle McCord and say that the guy just flat out stinks and that he's a, he's a terrible quarterback and he has no future and it's it's all strictly been yes I, I the numbers proved granted he did have the the help of the top receiver maybe the top player in the country Marvin Harrison Jr being on his roster and kind of carrying the workload as a, a lot of the way uh, as well but you you talk about um his play this year and like yeah he is still a solid college football quarterback and that's generally what I from my perspective been the consensus on him to begin with but the idea that Ohio State fans can't have higher expectations and just say yeah he's a fine quarterback but he's not good enough for Ohio State there's not a problem with that so I don't need this this sympathy this sympathy uh trip from people on the outside looking in or people who just talk about college football generically saying oh the Ohio State Buckeyes got this wrong yeah, you can say that in a moment like this where they put up three points in, in the Cotton Bowl to Missouri and they look totally lost doing it as they lose their now starting quarterback early in the game. It, it, it's it's the low-hanging fruit joke to to make. And I, and I understand why people are saying it. But when you look big picture, man, like I'm not going to sit here and blame Ohio State or Ohio State fans. Like I'm not going to disrespect you guys as fans of this team similarly to me being a fan of this team just because it didn't work out tonight because they didn't have comic court like that. That's supposed to be, I'm supposed to lower my expectations. Now this team is supposed to be competing for national championships. Everybody who watched this team this year, everybody who watched comic court this year understood that the way he played football, what he brought to the table was just never going to be enough for this team to win a national championship. So I, I can't blame Ohio state from being a little noncommittal to him. I also can't blame him for trying to go find a place where he maybe would be appreciated a little bit more and where he thinks he can maybe thrive a little bit better, maybe not thrive a little bit better because I don't know that you're going to get better than uh, a receiving core next year of a Mecca Ibuka, assuming he comes back, uh, a potential return in Travion Henderson at, at running back and receivers like Jeremiah Smith and Carnell Tate also returning. Like I don't know that you have it more made in the shade than that. But, yeah, there is a lot of pressure to perform at Ohio State. That, that comes with the, the territory. He even noted that in his sort of farewell address to the fans that he put on social media. So he gets it as, as much as anybody. But to, to act like Ohio State fans were just so overly harsh on this guy and that they they uh, owe him an apology because of it 
is is laughable to me. Like there's a standard here. There there he was he was good, not great. And the 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 Cotton Bowl to me, him playing in the Cotton Bowl would have made no difference. If he played in the in the Cotton Bowl and they won, it would have made no difference in how I felt about Kyle McCord and the future of this program uh, going into the next year. None at all. It, it wouldn't have had any bearing on it. I still would have said you need to find you need to try to find upgrades at quarterback. I still believe that. I think that became even more apparent. So yeah, if you wanted to say that not having Kyle McCord pointed out that they have a bigger issue at quarterback and an offensive line. I'm willing to hear you on that. And I think that's very much true, but to act like it, it, the Ohio state fans were completely unfair to Kyle McCord. I think is silly. I think they understood and appreciate. I think that, I think first of all, Buckeyes fans appreciated his efforts this year. I also think that they understood what he was, where he was and how far he was really going to take you as part of this team. So it, it is what it is. Now, what that means moving forward as I said in the first segment, I don't know that Ohio State at this point can stand pat and not look to the portal to bring in a quarterback. I don't know who that is. I know there's been some talk that uh, they're still in the running or potentially in the running for a, a Will Howard out of Kansas State, who I think passing-wise had similar numbers. Uh, I think 24 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, and over 3,000 yards passing. So similar numbers to Kyle McCord this year, but also his mobility I think makes him a bigger threat. I actually think that would be a, a decent fit for Ohio State, given that he's probably a one-and-done guy. He's he's also considering the NFL, so it's an option for them. Um, and I understand if they don't want to scare away Aaron Noland and, and prolong his time to uh, be able to start for this team. Totally makes sense. I, I, I can get behind that to an extent. Um, but I, I I don't think you can possibly like, – like if I have to hear Ryan Day a couple weeks from now or when spring ball starts and, and they haven't addressed the quarterback position – and he ha- he sits there and tries to tell us and and act like we're we're stupid and tell us that yeah we're gonna go into this thing w- a- as an open competition at quarterback between those three guys I- I- like it's gonna make me nervous because we saw what that looked like this year and that's no disrespect to Aaron Nolan I think Aaron Nolan's gonna be a great player but is he ready to play year one is the question are they willing to start a quarterback year one is another question they don't normally do that maybe they are. And maybe that's why they feel comfortable with where they're at, and it's and that's going to be the game plan. But at face value, knowing that that's not usually the case, true freshmen aren't usually starting at Ohio State at quarterback. I I, I can't possibly uh, feel good about the idea of them going into the next season with what they have and not addressing it through the portal. One other thing I want to get to before we take another break and get to a word from our sponsors, and we'll wrap up with the Michigan panic meter, and of course bringing back for the first time since the end of the regular season, love it, like it, or leave it. It's been a while since we've done it, but I I have it covered. I'm doing it solo, and we'll get to that coming up. But I was asking the question, and Nick and I were actually, to make it clear, Nick had every intention of doing this show tonight up until a certain point when some family things arose because uh, we were texting back and forth. We were throwing out topic ideas. He was talking about how he was really excited to see Keenholz come into the game. He he is maybe he Nick Wilson might just be Lincoln Keenholz's biggest fan. Like if you're looking for somebody to to captain or conduct or lead, uh, drive the Lincoln Keenholz bandwagon, it is Nick Wilson lining up in the front of the line. He's going to put his hat on and he's going to get on that train and drive that thing 
wherever it goes. It might be off a cliff, but wherever it goes, Nick Wilson is very much in Lincoln Keenholz uh, uh, pocket, and he and he wanted to see him play tonight. He got to towards the end of the game. You kind of you might have seen some things from him that were encouraging. Um, but for the most part, it, it was a, a, a disappointing night offensively for him and this offense as a whole, as we've discussed. Um, but Nick did have every intention of doing the show. And one of the topics that I threw at him was about Travion Henderson as he sort of started to get going, started to get going. For a while, he had the biggest play of the game with a 20-yard run on the third series of the game. It was the biggest play between for either team for quite some time in this one. And I kind of threw out to, to Nick, if Henderson puts up a, a, a big game tonight, is it sort of his audition for the NFL draft? Does it mean that he is now going to enter the draft because he did enough and put enough on tape for teams to maybe consider him a higher draft pick than what he was going to be? And I I had that thought, and it quickly went away when I realized how the rest of the game played out which meant stacked boxes from from uh from missouri and the buckeyes offense scoring none other than just that field goal that they kicked in the first half um i think that reverted me back to believing that travion henderson probably has a lot of reason to still return because i think you've seen in spurts from him that he can be this explosive player at the nfl level and that he probably is worth a a i don't know if he's there's always at least one running back that goes in the first round. That's like a top tier guy. If he can stay healthy, I think Travion Henderson can be that guy. Um, now that's been a problem for him in, in the last two seasons. So uh, if he's kind of trying to weigh, do I want to come back and risk injury again versus do I go to the NFL, get paid, whatever I'm going to get paid and just try to prove myself. I can understand that. But I do think there's a chance for him to increase his draft stock because if he can stay healthy next year, returning to Ohio state, man, that guy could be the uh, once a year, take a, a running back in the first round pick, because listen, we've seen it in spurts, even tonight, the 20 yard run, there was a couple other big runs. There was one in uh, the third quarter where he broke for, I want to say it was like a gain of 12 on the play. No, sorry. 15. He He broke for 15 yards on uh, a, a drive late in the third quarter, and he almost took it to the house. Like it was, it felt very reminiscent of Zeke breaking away from from Alabama. He couldn't quite get it get get past the last defender, but like those are the types of plays where you watch him and you're like, this guy really could be special if he stays healthy on Sundays. And so I, I think because you've only seen it in spurts, it does still behoove him to come back. And I don't know if tonight was the performance that leans. That, that makes him maybe lean more or feel more inclined to enter the NFL draft. Now, he's been very spiritual with his uh, response to whether or not he's returning. He keeps saying he's leaving it in God's hands. So we'll see what that looks like moving forward in the next couple of weeks. But I do think there's a good chance that Trevion Henderson, like Emeka Ibuka, are back next season for this offense, which with a lot of questions that we're talking about here tonight, I think it's going to be nice to potentially have some veterans who kind of know what to expect and you, and you know what you're going to get from if those two guys do return, along with a number of guys in the defense, as we already mentioned. Speaking of the defense, I'm going to highlight a bunch of those guys in love it, like it, or leave it. On top of giving you guys my Michigan panic meter, where is my panic level at after the Buckeyes lost to Missouri in the Cotton Bowl tonight? 
We do it next on Sons of the Shoe. I'm going to take a quick pause, though, for a word from our sponsors. 